Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. I was a little reminded of the popularity of the Mr. Rogers movie that's been out, um, which really surprised a lot of people, I think, that a documentary about Mr. Rogers would do as well as it did in theaters. Um, But as I was talking with our guest today, uh, we actually came up with a word of the day, and the word of the day is advocacy. And our guest is Cheryl Caleri, who is the Director of Pro-Life Activities in the Diocese of Buffalo. Not that I'm comparing you with Mr. Rogers, Cheryl. No, I understand. Right. There you go. Uh, But, um, I, you know, it seemed like every topic that we threw out that we might want to discuss today, uh, the idea was how do we advocate on behalf of that and on behalf of people? And I think that will play out as as we uh, uh, talk today, Cheryl. And, um, of course, the, the genesis of having you down is last month um, you were a presenter at the Pro-Life Women's Conference, correct? Correct. We uh, had that in, in uh, St. Charles, Missouri, which is right outside of St. Louis. Okay. So right in the heart of the country, literally right. in the center of the country. Um, and I imagine folks from all over. I was following some of your uh, posts on social media about that and, and all just the various people and topics that were involved. So I you know, I was glad we could get you down finally and, uh, and, and kind of sort through all of that because there were some interesting developments there just to, for – Folks, just tell us the main thrust of the conference. Sure. The Women's Conference is put on uh, by women for women. And it's really just to, again, first of all, educate yourself and then learn how to advocate um, for women and for those who maybe cannot advocate for themselves. So we had everything uh, from topics from people who uh, need uh, information in regards to sidewalk counseling, so a woman who might be uh, entering into a, a clinic, uh, to people who are post-abortive themselves, who have left the post uh, have left the abortion industry, I should say, and um, have really joined the pro-life movement because they've seen uh, some of the things that uh, the fruits, if you will. Uh, of really turning their life into uh, explaining to women um, that they really do have that choice that sometimes uh, gets defined in one direction versus letting them know all of the opportunities that there are for them. Uh, We had uh, talks from doctors and psychologists and all different uh, areas uh, talking about women, women's health, uh, ways in which uh, we can reach people, uh, death of a child, um, a lot of the things that touch women in their lives. Let's talk specifically about your presentation at the conference. Tell us what uh, you were there for. Sure. Um, well, the Buffalo uh, area, we were one of the, in West New York, we were one of the first of five. There's now 150 locations of uh, sidewalk advocates for life across the country and internationally. Um, and so we've really uh, established a good rapport with one another literally right from the beginning. And a lot of it is, um, to go back to your Mr. Rogers analogy, actually, <laughs> is really doing it in a soft kind, gentle, soft way. And so we um, have been very successful here in Buffalo doing that. And they wanted um, my perspective to be brought to the women so that they understand that you don't have to, quote unquote, club people over the head or tell them that they're, you know, bad people. Um, But by 
being there and being a loving presence, um, you can make a huge difference and make an impact for somebody who feels they're unsupported. Uh, that's an important message. And again, you know, um, that notion of advocacy. Um, there are a lot of reasons that people, in many cases every week, stand you know outside of a, a clinic or um, we have masses in some parishes once a month or in some cases like every Saturday morning is dedicated to you know um, praying for life yes. um, so I mean there's a lot of different ways that that's taking place and um, but the real notion is right it always comes down to the person and the individual that is correct. And what, what we found in, in another thing that – And that includes uh, – let me just be clear, OK? So that we are a, you know, we are a Catholic program. We're coming from sure. a Catholic perspective. That also means the person that's in that womb as Absolutely. well. So, Absolutely. As well as the person carrying it. That's right. right. Um, we have found that um, we work with people of all faiths and of people with no faith. But the most beautiful part of our work is taking it to that next level. So I was asked to speak about the Mother Teresa home and how um, when we get criticized, uh, you know, quite often actually in the pro-life movement that all we really care about is that baby, um, we actually here in the Diocese of Buffalo have shown, um, not just by talking about it, but putting into action where we're taking these moms in and we're getting them connected with services. We're letting them finish school. Uh, perhaps a vocation, uh, finishing their GED if it's necessary, parenting classes. So we're trying to be so much more to the community than just somebody who's out on the sidewalk saving babies. Um, of course, it is part of what we do. But the biggest component, quite frankly, is nurturing that mom to know that she's loved so she in turn knows how to love and nurture her child. Um, let me – I'm going to go back to this other thought. I had a couple of things running through my head personally. But uh, let me go back to, to this other thought about um, – because it really in, in many ways is that's – as you mentioned, it's kind of an unfair – characteristic of, of our concern and our motivation and whatnot. And let me give you a chance once again to just bring up Project Rachel. Yes. Um, it's a very active ministry in our diocese. Uh, Project Rachel, we have a hotline um, that people can call um, and we can share that with you. It's on our website. Uh, we have a whole staff that has been trained. So we have social workers, nurses, deacons, priests, um, you know, myself, people that have been in this um, uh, movement to try to show the mercy of Christ. There is no sin greater than God's mercy. We've heard that so many times, right? But we hear it, but do we believe it? And particularly with women and men who have been touched by an abortion, um, we have found that they just have not forgiven themselves. And so that's where it really starts. And we try to help put them in touch with that within themselves so that regardless, I mean, if they're Catholic, sure, we'll bring them through that whole journey and be, a, be able to go to reconciliation. But if not Catholic or if it's something that's just troubling them, there's no reason um, to hide behind that um, That that term of somebody who feels like they're, you know, less than desirable or they're less than worthy uh, because Christ loves each and every one of us and he wants us to come to him for his mercy. 
Um, one of the things that you hear about in um, – uh, I'm not sure how to characterize and I don't want to sound – I'm really not – this isn't really a us versus them question. It's not at all. But um, you hear a lot about the benefits, right, the health benefits of say birth control and these kind of – those are things that are touted on – um, the women's side and from Planned Parenthood or whoever it might be, okay? Um, yet what we don't hear a lot about is those very real effects of abortion that you have um, whenever you have a loss, loss of a child, a miscarriage, uh, you know, or a, or a procedure like, I mean, you know, when you have any kind of, and having had a couple done in my lifetime, a, a couple different surgeries, yes. okay, um, there's all kinds of, of pain and frustration and emotion sure. that goes with that. Right. And there's not a child involved. That's right. And those things so, happen, as you say, you know, in our everyday course of life, before, during, and after we have something like that. But this is something that actually is, uh, you know, traumatic and actually traumatizes many women. Um, some psychologists have actually put post-abortion stress syndrome as one of their diagnosis. And uh, it comes for a reason, and that is everybody handles stress differently. And when they've made a choice that is not reversible, so it's something that they have to live with, um, women have often found that um, it might not affect them that week, might not affect them that year. But usually as time goes on, there's something that resonates inside of them that just doesn't sit quite right. And they'll fill that gap in with all kinds of things. Um, s studies have shown um, it leads to hypersensitivity um, it, with, with sex, both plus and minus. It leads to drug abuse, alcohol abuse, depression, so um, anxiety. So there's many things associated um, with having an abortion that a lot of people don't put the two and two together until it's much later than the actual abortion occurred. Yeah, it's like in a, in a lot of situations. And again, to be fair, not in every case, not every Absolutely. time, right? It's like anything else. It's like any anything kind of else. drama. People, you know, people get sent to Afghanistan. Some come back, you know, able to deal with day to day life. Some come back and can't be out they in can't fireworks. Do anything? That's yeah, right. I mean, so it's like it. It, it you know, we're, it's not a. It's not. It's not a one we're size. Someone, in it's not a one size fit all. Exactly. And it's not right. a uh, just like any other. Right. Um, thing that we face in life. Everybody handles things differently. But it's nice to know that there's a, a place, Project Rachel, um, you know, that can address the concerns of those who are concerned for themselves. It leads us back to the other thought that I had floating around in, in my head. Um, now, we talk about how, um, and you were asked specifically because of um, our success and the admiration people have for how we approach that kind of of uh, advocacy in terms of um, praying at clinics and advocating for women and um, trying to you know trying to educate women on their choices and to to, to kind of be there for them. Now, I, again, to be fair, right, going back years and years, <laughs> it took us a while to learn that. That's right. right. I mean, it was a. You know, it's still out there too. because you have you know um, uh, if if we go back forty x some years um, you know there was a real outrage that Certainly. something like Roe versus Wade that that case could actually be like oh my gosh how could they be doing that 
Exactly. I mean, how, how, how can that be legal now? Kind of thing, um, you know. So the I, I think the mindset and the attitude was a little bit different. But like anything else, it evolves, and we really have learned that you know um, that peaceful kind of presence and doing it with love. That's really just the way to go. Exactly. Right. Everything done with love, and and where they can really see, um, you know, in your eyes, and you can see in their eyes, um, in one another that we're all human, and we all you know have are things that, you know, have troubled us for one reason or other, um, and some more than others. But it doesn't mean that you can't reach out and that you can't get the help that you uh, may be looking for. Um, we're going to talk about some more of those specific things uh, when, when we continue. We're going to take a short break. Cheryl Caleri is our Director of Pro-Life Activities for the Diocese, our guest this week on Western New York Catholic Weekly, and we'll be right back. Make your voice heard. Join the Catholic Action Network and speak out in support of the poor and vulnerable, the sick and elderly, the unborn, families and children. Sign up online at nyscatholic.org and click on Join the Network. That's nyscatholic.org. And visit the New York State Catholic Conference's Legislative Action Center. Read alerts on important legislative issues and email your state representative. Stay informed and strengthen the Catholic voice in New York. You'll find it all at nyscatholic.org. That's nyscatholic.org. I'm Greg Prince. Thanks for joining us on Western New York Catholic Weekly this week. Cheryl Caleri from our Office of Pro-Life Activities joins us. Certainly no stranger to the program. I mentioned at the top of the show the word of the day is advocacy. Do you want to talk just a little bit about maybe like the Mother Teresa Home and the St. Gianna Mola Pregnancy Outreach Center? Just refresh people's minds. Let us know how things are going there. Things are going well and thanks for asking. And it never hurts to have people be reminded that not only do we have the St. Gianna Outreach Center, Uh, We've helped over 1,500 families last year. And we now have four locations, and people might not be aware of that. So we have our original location at 76 Church Street. We have one in Cattaraugus County, um, which is in Olean. We have one in Chautauqua County. Uh, We have Dunkirk. And then in Niagara County, we have the Divine Mercy uh, location. So we're in all uh, all of those four uh, counties with a pretty good presence of uh, making sure that we're helping moms, uh, dads, babies, and families. Um, And out of that grew the need for uh, sometimes taking it that extra step because we were dealing with moms. Again, uh, I thought it was going to be teenage moms, but most of these moms are in their 20s. And for one reason or another, they're either unsupported or in unplanned situations where they just need a little place where they can respite a little bit to get their act together, so to speak, whether it's finishing school, get a job, um, getting services that they haven't been able to get connected to. We try to be that place at the Mother Teresa home. Uh, So the average girl uh, stays with us about six months. They can stay with us up to a year. Um, And we house uh, up to five women. And we've had those uh, doors bustling with five on a very regular basis. Um, most of the women are don't have other children or they might be in a situation where they're trying to uh, regain custody of their children. And so we're trying to help give them that opportunity to get a stable environment um, and get an, you know their own uh, situation, living situation uh, for themselves so that they can help bring their children home. Uh, you know, really the um – idea I think we had going into this today is to to really kind of show that when we say pro-life, we mean pro-life kind of across 
the board and, um, you know, that it's more than just words and, and promises. It's, you know, action to back that up. I, I want to just kind of shift gears a little bit and point to just one other area that we're working in. And again, advocacy certainly is the the word to use here with regard to the opiate crisis in Yes. Erie County in particular, but all over Western New York. Yes, you're exactly right. Um, a few years ago, I started working closely with uh, Western New York United. Um, we did things um, like at St. Mark's School with Red Ribbon and try to increase awareness. But of course, increasingly, we've had so many issues um, with the opiate crisis. And there's many great organizations all also yeah. trying to address this. Um, but I feel that no matter how many prongs we approach this, it's just not enough. We have to still keep on going, um, and there's always uh, work to be done. So, yes, we in the Diocese of Buffalo have um, the pastoral uh, answer um, to be able to try to reach those families and people that are touched with this crisis. So we do certainly want to reach out to those who need help, who don't know where to get help, um, who are suffering with an opiate addiction. But we're also reaching out to families and friends of loved ones um, who they've lost through this crisis because they're kind of the forgotten soul, if you will. Um, they've had to deal with loss of life, um, many of which are, are way too soon uh, by any standards. You know, young people in their 20s, 30s um, who, you know, really had a lot going for them but unfortunately were not able to combat uh, their addiction. Well, and they – in um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna general I'm gonna say in most cases there is this feeling that they they just don't understand why their loved one couldn't get help why wasn't their help available or how come they didn't know they could get help or or what more could they have done um, and you know um, part of that is maybe as a you know. Um, community and it's not just here it's all over the United States of America I mean we they wouldn't be making TV shows about these things if you know it wasn't rampant yes. but um you know maybe we were a little slow to see it coming and to, right. and to kind of have programs available and everything else but um you kind of hinted at it. It, it you know there's a lot of different groups trying to address this and we need kind of a central thrust on exactly. this to kind of all be on the same page. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to say, you know, at parish level at the very least in the pews, um, you know, a place to have um, an advocate that's in each parish so that they can help connect them to services. So they're not counselors. They're not people that are going to be, you know, on the phone with them at four o'clock in the morning, but they are the people who will connect them to services so that people know that they have a go-to, so to speak. And the bottom line of the whole thing is, again, um, all life is precious. And some of these lives, some is, are intentional. You know, that de deals with the, the suicide issue and the end of life there. But some is unintentional. They, you know, they got a bad batch. They took too many. They were in despair that night, um, you know, which again leads us into advocacy for another whole thing with physician-assisted suicide because who's not in despair if they've got a terminal diagnosis, for example? Uh, so it really does run across that whole gamut. Um, you, uh, I always love having you on, Cheryl, because you make it easy for me to move right into the next uh, part of the conversation. <laughs> Before we do that, let me just say, um, you know, for for any of the issues that we talk about 
today, um, you know, by all means, go to the website buffalodiocese.org slash pro-life and um, there, there's information on, you know, all these different kind of topics on there and, and particularly in with regard to the, uh, the opiate crisis. Um, I'd also suggest maybe take a look at uh, ccwny.org with Catholic Charities. They've been very involved with that. You'll see their, yes. um, you know, those, you'll see their uh, clinical pages and their, you know, substance abuse divisions and all that and they're connected with many, many if not all the agencies here in Western New yes, York. Yes, and we're working with them with as well. So yeah. it's perfect. So, I mean, those are the two places that uh, I would suggest. And yes, you mentioned physician-assisted suicide. Um, currently off the legislative books, right? But it's a, it's an ongoing challenge it's a, for it, us. It'll be an ongoing challenge. Right now, yeah. it's, it's kind of uh, sitting up on the shelf collecting a little dust because especially in New York State, uh, swinging into another topic, you know, we're really getting into um, our, in our state, uh, Governor Cuomo actually reenacting um, the uh, Women's uh, Reproductive Health Act. So it's kind of taking a back seat right now because they're bringing that to the forefront because it's an opportunity um, right now while everybody's talking about Roe v. Wade. And uh, quite frankly, some people don't really understand exactly what they're even saying when yeah. they're when they're talking about it. And that doesn't mean that they're ignorant. It just means that, again, we need to educate ourselves. We need to educate our public so that they really understand, uh, for example, in New York State, um, most people from a divisive standpoint in all of the polls that we have uh, looked at uh, don't think that we need to make abortion, you know, more accessible or we need to take it all the way till the end of the term of a woman's pregnancy. And that quite in fact is, you know, what they're looking to do in the new legislation that's been proposed. So we really feel that we have to speak up and say, okay, enough is enough. We're, do we think Roe v. Wade is going to go away tomorrow? That would be a nice dream, but it's probably not going I, to happen. Again, I think 40-some years on, there you we go. know better, right? That's okay, right. I, I'm just saying. But I think that we need to at least be hopeful and prayerful that one person at a time, we can make abortion unthinkable so that regardless if the law is in place or not, that we've reached enough people to understand what life is all about, what when conception uh, occurs, how that is when the life begins. By really going on that avenue with love, I think we're going to get far further than we are, um, you know, with trying to knock people over the head with whatever it is that we might believe in. Regardless if it's pro-choice pro or pro-life, um, I do believe good Conversations is what changes things, not hollering at each other. Yeah, and um, you know, again, we we kind of spent the first part of the program talking about how we advocate for the person. We need to advocate on the on the um, legislative level too. We need to advocate with with our government and and. Um, you know, I mean to you know we need to try to achieve some kind of balance among these things. Again, just going back to the. Um, uh, assisted suicide notion, um, you know, there's that whole idea that it is in many ways targeted toward the elderly. And, the elderly and, and disabled. And, the, you know, and there are some nefarious reasons for wanting to allow that. Right. Um, to be crass, it's cheaper. Right. That's It's very true. A lot of it is from uh, health insurance uh, 
angle. They also tend to use terms like care and compassion. We all want to be com- caring and we all want to be compassionate. So those sound like great words. They do. But I'm not going to use those as a mask, um, you know, to help uh, one of my loved ones uh, further along or hasten their death. Now, in Catholic Church teaching, this is where it gets, again, very muddy waters where people don't really understand. We have a beautiful booklet called Now and at the Hour of Our Death. And again, it's available on the website. Um, it is something that explains Catholics, uh, Catholic teaching does not expect people to have undue uh, suffering or to, to endure un, unnecessary pain. Um, however, what we do say is there is something to be said for redemptive suffering and there is something to be said to make sure that people have hydration, um, you know, at their end of their life because it, it can in fact be more painful to be without those things. And so we need to educate ourselves as to when and how those things apply. And again, it is one of those things, Greg, where it's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, my dad, who unfortunately we lost coming on up to six years now um, with a stage 4 glioblastoma, he was much different than, you know, at 75 years old with high blood pressure, sugar diabetes, overweight. He was a much different case for uh, treatment than, say, a 22-year-old who was an athlete who, you know, never smoked in their life and were in great physical shape. Those are things that families have to weigh out, but they need to be allowed to take that time to do that. When somebody is given a terminal diagnosis, of course, they they feel down. They feel down about the things that they might miss in life and the family, etc. But do we take somebody when they're down or, or depressed and then expect them to make rational, clear decisions? It doesn't usually go hand in hand with one another. Yeah. And this is why we advocate, again, to have good conversations with your loved ones and have real-life, you know, scenarios played out in role play, you know, so that we understand one another and that we are making sure that our end of life um, is as joyous as as the beginning of our life is. I did want to give you a chance um, and, and we can kind of wrap up here, but just to um, go back with regard to um, because this is going to be um, on our you know legislative docket going forward here into the next session and, and for the next several months. Um, I, I just want to point out that uh, at nyscatholic.org, Kathy Gallagher on our pro-life level there has uh, put together some really good points. Really, they, they have points about all of this and you hear on this show just about every week we have the uh, Catholic Advocacy Network spot. So if you really want to find out, that's the best place to get those updates and alerts and whatnot. But um, Kathy Geller's got some really good information about some of these specific things that are in front of us right now. Right? She does. And uh, I don't need to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. I, I would <laughs> right. say that sure. Greg's directing us to the right pl- place. The bullet points are right there. Um, I well, at least really, I got something right this week. That's, that's right. Uh, I, think you, I think you t- take a look at them. And then just keep in mind, too, to check on our website. Um, we will be offering a training for sidewalk advocacy so that people can actually learn, see, role play, uh, ways in which they can make a difference out on the sidewalk. So that's going to happen uh, late summer, early fall. So keep an eye out for that, too. Okay. Very good. Cheryl Clary, our Director of Pro-Life Activities for the Diocese. 
please go ahead and visit buffalodiocese.org slash pro-life. Um, anything we talked about pretty much is covered there. And if it's not, it's a safe bet that if uh, you look at the pro-life section of nyscatholic.org, you're going to find the the uh, information there too as well, well as those legislative alerts and those action issues that uh, you, you can be involved in. It's one way you can do a small part right from your uh, easy chair and your tablet. You can, you know, sign up for those alerts and uh, That's right. real, real simple. Cheryl, thanks for being with us again this and, week. And thank you. And if you go to buffalodiocese.org and replace pro-life with radio, you're going to find our page. Um, you can hear all the past programs Cheryl has uh, been on, things that we've covered before. Some topics we've been able to not have to cover again, but you'll find there's a lot of repeat and uh, right. there's probably going to be. So that's, right. uh, that's why we keep having her back here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. So again, uh, check out our podcast there. I'm Greg Prince. We'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. If you have a comment about this week's program or need more information about anything you hear on Western New York Catholic Weekly, call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. Our email address again is radio at buffalodiocese.org or call 847-8744. You can visit the Western New York Catholic and the Diocese of Buffalo online at buffalodiocese.org. And be sure to join Greg Prince again next week for Western New York Catholic Weekly.